إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من القاسرين لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا ظالمين ربنا عليك توكلنا وإليك أنابنا وإليك مصير اللهم إنا نسألك خير هذه الليلة وخير ما فيها وخير ما قبلها وخير ما بعدها ونعوذ بك من شر هذه الليلة وشر ما فيها وشر ما قبلها وشر ما بعدها اللهم ما أمسى بنا من نعمة أو من أحد من خلقك فمنك وحدك لا شريك لك فلك الحمد ولك الشكر على ذلك أما بعد So today's topic is a big topic it's, it's about darkness and light So the first question I want to ask and begin with everyone here Okay, probably a quick preliminary question, but sometimes it's very important. From the youth, from anyone, and don't be shy. Probably in the message there is nobody, but don't be shy if you are. Is there anyone here who has checked any doubt existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Just so I know who we're talking to. And if you do, raise your hand. It's not a problem. It is a problem, but for this purpose, it's not a problem. Anyone here has shek in anything that Allah has given in his book, such as Kun Fayakun, direct creation of Sayyidina Adam salam, so that we know what things to address. Okay. No one has any doubts in this? Are there sisters or women? Upstairs. How are we going to know if they have shek and doubt? It's very important because they're going to be your wives and your... All right, send us a slip. Is there a balcony that could just throw it down? Send it with one of the shabab. Sisters, if you have any doubt in anything in the deen, such as existence of Allah, Isra and Mi'raj, Hijab, creation of Allah, of Adam salam, directly, any of these major things, if anyone has doubt, we need to know right away. So that we can know who we're talking to, right? Otherwise, if there's nobody like this, then we know that we're just a jama'ah of Muslims, alhamdulillah, and we're here to enjoy ourselves for the evening and have a discussion and, and talk about Allah Azza wa uh, As Allah says, khairul kalam, as the Prophet said, khairul kalam, kalamullah, khairul hadi, hadi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our testimony of faith, la ilaha illallah, when you say the word la ilaha illallah, you imply in there two types of knowledge. Two types of knowledge. Who would agree that the first type of knowledge in La ilaha illallah is knowledge of Allah Himself? Right? Most people say, of course. La ilaha illallah means knowledge of Allah. Well, it's wrong. It's not knowledge of Allah first. La ilaha, there is none worthy of worship. So in this is a negation is pushing away, pushing away what is false first, then confirming existence of Allah. Pushing away all things that you worship. Now, in this statement, la ilaha illallah, the ilah is a divinity. And a divinity is something that's worshipped. So we need to know what is worship. What is worship? Most people think that worship is bowing, prostrating, saying things, praying, putting your hands up, getting on your knees, using special water. Every religion has special water, right? We have Zamzam water, we have wudu. Catholics have their own types of water. Others have baptism. I don't know what other religions have other types of water. Something very unique in religions. They always have a special type of water. 
and prayers and a book. But worship, according to the Prophet ﷺ, taught us something very important. And he taught us this because the Sahaba used to love to ask questions. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he created an environment in which they should ask questions. So a Sahabi by the name of Adi bin Hatim. Hatim al-Ta'i is a legend of the Arabs, known for his generosity. The Arab, he's a man by his generosity. Generosity is very important to the Arabs. Why is that? You're traveling from one village to another. You're going to have to travel hundreds of miles of no humanity, just desert. So when you arrive at a tent or a village of people, you need to be taken care of because chances are and you're on the verge of death. This is the nature of traveling with the Arabs. Also, you're vulnerable. You're traveling by yourself. If an Arab then kills you, he's a coward because you're vulnerable. So the, to be a man, the Arab, he has to take care of you. So Hatim al-Ta'i, he is famous, all right, famous for taking care of the guests. And who is the first person to take care of guests? Who knows this? Sayyidina Ibrahim because he lived in the Bedouin, he lived in the desert, and he was the first person to make it a tradition to take care of the guests. Okay? So what do you do when you take care of the guests? You have to, first thing you offer him is something to wash his hands, his face, and his feet. If you look actually wudu, when you look at someone who walks in the desert, when he stops to clean himself, okay, even if he's not a Muslim, it looks like he's making wudu. Why? He starts cleaning out his ears. He starts getting out of his nails, okay? It looks like he's making wudu. So you look at wudu is made for the Arabs with all the sand and all the things getting in. So now someone smart is gonna say, well, well, if wudu was made for the Arabs and here we are in New York, we don't have sand getting in our nose and in our ears, so we don't really need to do that, right? We say no, we still keep rituals. Rituals don't always have to make sense. Okay, rituals, rituals are about connecting you. It's an act that you do that makes no sense, okay? It connects you to the past. And it makes a connection between you and the past. It doesn't have to make, have a reason, okay? Uh, recently, the sports seasons are starting up. So what do you look at? You look in the sports they're hanging up numbers, right? And then they're bringing the legends team comes out. Some players from the 70s and players from the 60s and the 80s coming out supporting the team. What is this? It's meaninglessness. What, a, what is the meaning to hang a number on the banner, right? For retiring a number. No, these are rituals. So even kuffar have rituals. Rituals are very important. This is why atheism is a big problem. Atheism takes away so much of what connects humans to humans. You don't realize when you have a masjid, how many people you meet. It's amazing, Gany. I don't even know you. You don't know me. By the end of the night, we're going to know each other. But we're going to have a relationship that has meaning. Why? We agree on the purpose of life and what we have to do in life and where we're going in life. And we're going to know that on Yom Al-Qiyamah, we may see each other. All right? So it's a bond that lasts for life. You know what that does to a human being to realize? If I go to Brazil right now, if I drop any one of you here, let's say I take someone at random and I drop you in Brazil, 
You know that within a few minutes, you're going to make friends? Within a few minutes. Okay? If I dropped you right now at 8.57 in Brazil, they share time zone with us, right? Let's say I send you in a time machine, and in one minute, you got to Brazil. You only have, I guarantee you, seven hours, eight hours, six hours to kill before Fajr comes in. In that eight hours, Alhamdulillah, Allah has given us great technology. You go to technology, okay? What's the website called? Halal.com or whatever, Zibiha.com? They're not just food, Masajid too. You click in Brazil, you go there. There's probably gonna be an ICNA office down there too, doing Dawah, okay? And in seven hours, you'll be praying in a masjid with Brazilian people, probably some Palestinians, maybe some Daisies, and local Brazilians. And then they're gonna say, oh, who's this? Where you come from, right? And then you're gonna talk. Chances are even more, because in these countries, mashallah, nobody works, they'll take you out for breakfast as well, right? Boom, friendship. And not a friendship that's just meaningless, like going to a soccer game and sitting next to someone and you're talking about what is Ronaldinho doing now and what is whoever is playing today. Uh, whoever the stars of Brazil, whatever they are. Unfortunately, they got embarrassed by Germany in the World Cup. It was so sad, wasn't it? Yeah, and your only thing that this poor country has is soccer. Right? What else do the Brazil have? Okay? Don't say women. I know you're thinking about it, but don't say it. Have some hayat. Okay? They have soccer. They hosted the World Cup for the first time in like whatever, 60 years. Or first time in history. And in the first 10 minutes, they got blown out five zip. Wallahi, I was like, that's, I feel bad. Even this, not anything in being, I feel bad for this people. But it's a meaningful relationship. Meaningful relationships. So Hatim al-Ta'i, this man, he's a host. And he used to love to host people, and he became a legend. So much so that uh, if he didn't have a lamb, he would slaughter a camel, right? You know how much, <clears throat> excuse me, you know how much effort it is to slaughter a camel? There's another big problem in slaughtering a camel. It takes about 100 people to eat a camel. If one person comes, it's not worth it. But Hatim al-Ta'i would waste the rest of the food just so you could eat a little bit of camel. That's Hatim al-Ta'i. He wasn't a Muslim. He died before the Risala. So Allah knows best. What's the ruling on people who die before they receive the message? Okay, They're called Ahlul Fatra. If there's no prophet, between prophet and prophet, there's no truth being taught. So what happens to those people? They're called Ahlul Fatra. And what happens to them? The Prophet said, Allah takes them on Yawm Al-Qiyamah and gives them a special test specific to themselves. Some people speculated and said, if he was a decent person in this life, he will pass the test in the next life. Allah knows best. Allah knows best. It doesn't make a difference, right? What we think. Prophet said, they will take a test. What happens about a person who, in the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, never got the message? Like who? So many people. In 1750, in Kansas, well, there wasn't even Kansas at the time, but they were like the Sioux Indians, the Magahican Indians, the whatever various tribes of the Indians, Native Americans. These are great people. It's such a shame what happens with them, right? These are great people. These are the ones who are against immigration. You want to talk about immigration, right? They're the ones who should be against immigration. Look at the result of immigration. 
What happens to the Indians, the Native Americans, the Sioux and the uh, Mohegans and all these? We say to them the same thing. We say the ruling problem is that Allah will take them on Yom Qiyamah and give them their own tests. Okay? We, don't, we can't even say who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. It's not our job. We say this belief leads you to hell. Where, how you end up, Allah knows best. Drinking alcohol, it will lead you to hell. All right? Not praying, it will lead you to hell. Not wearing hijab, it will lead you to hell. Okay? It's an action that will pull you down to the hellfire. Whether or not that happens to you is not our business. It's not our business. Okay? Because we know that Allah forgives people who have one iota of faith and nothing else good. And Allah will forgive them just because they said la ilaha illallah. But you can't bank on that. Okay? You can't count on it. Like istighfar. Prophet peace be upon him said, even if you committed a sin, a mountain worth of sins, then you made istighfar. Okay? Allah will forgive your sins. Okay? So they ask a question now. Is there any prerequisite to this or does anything invalidate this? Yes. One thing does. Planning it. Planning your istighfar. You can't plan it. You can't say, oh, this is a great hadith. All right, let me go up and do what I want to do and I'll make istighfar. No. That's when the istighfar doesn't count. And you need to make istighfar from that istighfar because that istighfar is making a mockery of God. You're making a mockery of God, all right? So you can't plan it. If it just so happens that you committed some sins, and there are a lot of people doing some grave and bad sins, and I have news for you. Allah is ghafoor and rahim. He can easily forgive. Just don't plan it again. And if you fall into it again, there's a hadith of the Prophet Someone commits a sin. Then he seeks repentance. Then he commits a sin. Then he seeks repentance. Then he commits a sin. Then he seeks repentance. And if he does this 70 times in a day, if his last act is repentance, then Allah forgives him. So I'm thinking, what person commits 70 sins like this in a row, in a habitual like this? Repentance and sins, then repents and sins, then repents and sins. You know who it is? Who can guess what it is? Hmm? What kind of person? And what sins are people doing? Close, yeah. Backbiting, what'd you say? Zina is one of them. All of these categories. You know who it is? The addicts. Addicts. Addiction is so bad. Addiction, okay? Addiction is one of the. If you get addicted to something, right? You know what happens to the shaitan? He's taking a relax, he's taking a vacation. He's taking a vacation because you're an addict. But it is a problem for him if you keep making tawbah. So the addict, and there, there probably are addicts amongst us of different types. There are different types of addiction. There's smoking is a thing of the past, okay? Smoking is bad for your health, it's bad for your money, it's bad for the smell, but it's not really immoral, to be honest with you. It's bad, but it's not immoral. Pornography is immoral, right or wrong. Would you rather be smoked? Addicted to, 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 to Newports or to pornography? I'll take Newports any day of the week. I'm telling you, if you're one of these youth who are addicted to pornography, every day you're doing it, once a week you're doing it, even you can go into the masjid bathroom and do it because you're so addicted. We tell you, you have to fight. Don't worry. 
Allah has put this test here on the earth, okay, to test you, to push you to the limit. And don't ever lose your iman because you're a sinner. This is the most silly thing in the world because the Prophet said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Hadith Qudsi, Verily, if he comes back to me, even if he did this 70 times a day, and he seeks this sifat, I will forgive all his sins. Why? Uh, why? He forgives this person who commits the same sin over and over and over. Because Allah says, he knows he has a God that forgives him. And that is a great act of faith. To seek istighfar is a great act of faith. Okay? And the acts of faith are greater in the sight of Allah than the sins. The sin can change, but the fact that you believe that Allah is there, despite your sin, is an achievement Iblis couldn't do. So what's Iblis's problem? He committed one sin. Thousands of years he worshipped Allah very well, and his name was the glory of Allah, Azazir. Then he committed one sin, and he's expelled for one sin? How does that seem fair? It seems fair because that one sin caused him to disbelieve in Allah's mercy. Therefore, he disbelieved in Allah's order. He believes Allah is there, but we have to believe in Allah correctly. We can't believe in Allah how we want to believe in Allah, right? One of the things you have to believe is that Allah forgives all sins. All sins, except one sin, shirk. If you die without having made repentance from shirk. And we can talk about shirk in a second. But if you believe that Allah is cannot forgive a sin, then you have disbelieved in His name, Ghaffar, Ghafur, Ghafur, Afu, Qadr. You've disbelieved in all of these attributes of God. Therefore, you don't believe in Allah correctly. That's why He's expelled. But Adam, in the contrast, he was created, and it was the morning time in the heavens. It was morning when the soul entered into his body, okay? Then Allah taught him the names all morning. Then he gave the first Jum'ah khutbah to the angels. Okay? Then he told the angels what these things were that Allah taught him from his creation. That was Dhuhr time, high noon. Just at, like analogous to the time that we had. Then he went to wander. They separated. The angels went to, back to their business, and Adam salam, wandered around the, the, the heavens, wandering, looking at Allah's amazing creation. Then what happened? He got bored, and he fell asleep. He got bored, and he fell asleep. The human being is built in him, boredom. Boredom, this is a major thing that Allah built in humans. Why? So they can always d discover something new. We're not robots. We're not chickens. Do you know you can give a chicken a little piece of corn for its whole lifetime and it will eat the same corn. It never gets bored. So it doesn't discover anything. Humans, Allah made them get bored. And the only flaw in getting bored is that you just sit there and mope about it. No. Get up and discover something. This is a big problem TV and video games. Why? Someone else is doing the discovery for them. So we have like 2% of the population is very imaginative, thinking of these games with their imagination, but the rest, 98% of the kids, are being served other people's imaginations, and so they don't use their own imagination. It's a big problem. 
Adam السلام, took a nap. He took a nap in the heavens. And then he woke up, lo and behold, who was next to him? A woman. He looked at this beautiful woman and he said, and what are you? He said, she said, I am woman. And he said, what is your name? She said, Hawa. In other words, giving life. Giving life. She, she was received life from Adam. She was created from Adam and she gives life to Adam. Because now Adam is happy. What do we learn from this? Okay. Man must have wife. Simple fact, right? A man must have a wife. And Hawa, she never existed as a single woman. She was always a wife, right? She never even existed as a single woman. That's why marriage is more of a celebration for the woman than the man, right or wrong? To celebrate the woman, because now it's really the beginning, okay? She now has a partner. For the Adam, السلام, then wandered in the heavens, and he was so happy with Hawa that they forgot the Sharia. And they had one law, don't eat from the forbidden tree. They got so happy with one another that they ate from the forbidden tree and they committed a sin. Now, in our Sharia, if you forget, if you're asleep, if you have ignorance, if you're not conscious, your sins don't count against you. If you fell asleep right now and you forgot to pray Aisha and Fajr comes in, unless you did it purposely, there's no sin. Wake up, make qada. If you woke up and you took a sip of water in Ramadan and you forgot, what do you have to do? Keep fasting. It's not a sin, right? Okay. Forgetfulness is not a sin. But if there's only one law, you can't forget that. So in the Sharia of Adam, forgetfulness was a sin. Iblis his sin was his disbelief in Allah's mercy. Adam, though, ate from the forbidden tree and immediately became humble and he sought Allah's mercy. He became better. As a result of his sin, he became better. He did something that he wasn't doing before. That is seeking mercy. Okay? Adam, السلام, he became better. Okay? So, you youth who are addicted to things, use your addiction to make you stronger and fight, and it may take you 10 years to change the behaviors, okay, that will get you off of your addiction, but don't lose your Iman, increase your Iman. Every single time that you collapse, go back to Allah Every single time, even if it's three, four times a day, okay? And don't sit there and say, what's the point, what's the point, what's the point? No, Allah put these tests on the earth to test you, to make you push to the limit, and shaitan, shaitan doesn't care. His ultimate goal is not to get you to sin. Many people make this mistake. Some people think, shaitan has got me. I'm committing sins. Yes, but that's not shaitan's goal. Shaitan's goal is to make you doubt eternal truth. To start making you think, what's the point of all Islam? Forget it, all of it. Because I guarantee you, if you're an addict of drugs, alcohol, Okay, pornography, any of these things. Gambling is the latest thing. I mean, they got people on the phone with Muslim kids gambling on uh, football on Sundays. It's a big musibah because it's right there. Like you could just download the app out of curiosity, right? You just download out of curiosity, fan this or fan duel, whatever, 
and you know you're good at fantasy football you put in a hundred bucks and bang you win the first week one brother of ours he won eight hundred dollars in FanDuel I think it's FanDuel on, on this first week the first day Sunday could you just imagine that yeah any Sunday morning he's got in okay watched all the games 800 bucks is in his account Monday that's their cost of doing business because what happens in the next week the next week he lost ten thousand dollars the next week he lost ten thousand dollars okay I told him, unfortunately, Aki, you lost it in gambling. I don't think we're going to make an announcement after Aisha for you. Right? <laughs> right? SubhanAllah. $10,000, he's in the hole. Gambling is an addiction. All right, all these people with addictions. Shaitan will eventually, his goal is not to get you keep doing that sin. His goal is to get you to finally one day say, I'm giving up all of religion. I don't even believe in Allah. If Allah exists, why doesn't he get me out of this addiction? So Allah doesn't exist. <laughs> People, that's Shaitan's goal. Don't let that happen. You can live and die with an addiction, okay? You can live and die with an addiction as long as every single time you make Tawbah, you make Tawbah, you get stronger, you get better. You change one habit here, one habit there, one habit here, one habit there, okay? Have a good day, have a bad day, have two good days, have two bad days. You keep going back and forth, back and forth, and you die on a good day. Alas. Alas. Okay? But don't doubt your Iman. And don't give up the fight. Enjoy the fight. Enjoy the fight. So you think it's crazy. No. Enjoy it. Because you're driving Shaitan crazy. And you're making Allah love you. Allah loves addicts? Astaghfirullah, would you say that? Yes, of course. Because Allah says, "Inna Allah yuhib at-tawabin, wa yuhibul mutatahirin." He loves two people. This is a beautiful idea. Ayah of Quran. Inna Allah yuhib at-tawab. What is tawab? A repenter, 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 repenter. Why are you repenting if you didn't sin? That means between one repentance and the next is a sin, right or wrong? A sin. So, in your book of deeds, okay. Imagine like a news feed. The angels are sending up your deeds. Your deeds are coming up. And one deed comes up, sin. Next seed, Toba. Next seed, sin. Next seed, Toba. Toba, 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 Toba. No matter what happens, Toba is coming up. Allah loves you. Allah will say to the angels, I love this person. He's an alcoholic. He's looking at pornography. He's doing this. No, he's making Toba. Allah views you as Tawab. Tawab. Tawab, always making tawbah. In no awab. What is awab? Awab means that someone who moans, he moans out of disgust with himself. He says to himself, ah, oh, I did it again. This is awab. You know that one moment? Allah accepts it. Wipes away your sin. Just that moment. Why? It reflects you know the difference between good and bad. You still know good and bad. You know you did something bad. So you're really good, but you're stuck. You're just stuck. Okay? Another thing, the next level, if you graduate, then Allah loves you more. That is Al-Mutatahirin. Inna Allah yuhibbu tawabin wa yuhibbu al-mutatahirin. Those who are purifying themselves. Now, no longer are you just saying astaghfirullah, I hate that I'm doing this, I don't want to do this. You're carrying yourself and bringing yourself to the masjid. 
and making wudu and rolling up your sleeve. And now you are mutafakir. You are coming, and instead of going to that part of town in the evening and going into clubs and going to frat houses, you're going to masajid. Well, you weren't doing that before. Think about this. Before you got hooked, you were not going to the masjid. Think about this, right? So your sin, did it make you better or worse? It made you better. It made you stronger. You were sitting comfy in your house with your mom and dad, and you were not coming to the masjid until Allah got you and you got stuck, okay? And you got stuck in some sin and you became better. Now you come to the masjid. Now what? There's a speaker. Now you learned. Now you are mulisif. You have knowledge now. You have some fiqh. You have some aqeed and some sharia. Okay? So this person, he started off neutral. Where did, where did comfort get him? He was comfortable. He was just comfortable, right? Where did comfort get him? Comfort got him to complacency in religion. He got complacent. Then what? He's, he got into the bad crowd. The bad crowd got him into an addiction. Now, this is ayah of Quran says, If some shaitan touches him, catches him, trips him up, what happens? Okay. Okay. Now they fell into some sin. They remembered Allah. Before this, what were they doing? Not remembering Allah. Now they're remembering Allah. When they remembered Allah, came to God's house, picked up an Islamic book, picked up a Quran, took a class. Now they have basira. Now they have knowledge. They have knowledge. And this is why you should never feel fear the existence of sins. And if you fall into sins, you should not despair. Okay? Because sins are used to make us better. Okay? This is why Adam salam is elevated by his sin and Iblis goes down because he didn't respond well to his sin. Okay? He doesn't respond well to his sin. Now let's wrap around back to Hatim al He's good to his guests. So much so he would feed them a camel. One time even Hatim al he didn't have anything. Not a goat, not a camel, not a lamb, not a chicken, not a horse. He even used to slaughter his horses to feed the guests. So what happened next? He got a guest. He looked at his son and his wife said, don't you dare. <laughs> That's Hatim al He was going to feed him his son. Okay? That's Hatim al Now his son is Adi ibn Hatim. And Adi ibn Hatim, he heard a verse of Quran. Ayah of Quran that says, they took their monks and their rabbis, gods, instead of Allah. Christians and Jews took their rabbis and their monks as gods instead of Allah. So, have you ever seen a, someone worship a priest? I haven't seen anyone bowing to a priest. Have you ever seen someone worshiping a rabbi? I haven't seen anyone worshiping a rabbi, right? So Adi bin Hatim, what does he do? He goes to the Prophet and he said, Ya Rasulullah, we 
I was a Christian. I didn't have to was a Christian. But we never worshipped our priests. Okay? It's a good question. What does it teach us? It shows, it reflects something. It reflects the Sahaba had no problem to ask questions. You know, when something doesn't make sense. But with manners. So youth and young people and everyone, adults, you should ask, even if something doesn't make sense to you, or don't say it doesn't make sense. Just say, I don't understand it. Ask. So the Prophet said, did ever the Bible give you a law? And the priests gave you a different law. He said, yes, that happened. There's verses in the Bible, and the priest says, no, do this. He said, which one did you follow? Huh? Which one did you follow? And Adi said, we would follow the priests. He said, that's your worship of him. That is your worship of him. Okay? That's your worship of him. Your worship of him is that you are also following him instead of your book. Today, many Muslims, many, many Muslims are doing this. Culture is telling you to behave one way. Sharia is telling you to behave another way. Which one do you follow? If people are following their culture, all right, that's their worship of their culture. Listen to this ayat. That means what? It means most of them don't believe except that they are also committing shirk. This is not the shirk that makes you out of Islam. Right? Like worshipping an idol for real. No, this is a different type of shirk. This is a shirk al-khafi. This is hidden. It's shirk to do the shirk. It's the shirk that you really have associated a partner with Allah, even though technically you're saying there's only one God. When you say la ilaha, we have to know that there are certain things pulling, pulling at us to obey them, making us obey them, okay? That is something we have to reject. When we say la ilaha, there's no God. A God is that which you worship. And we said earlier, is it just bowing and prostrating and, and saying words? No, it's obeying. That which you bow to, prostrate, fear and obey, that's your God. If your boss is telling you to do something, you know it's haram, and you're doing it. This is a type of, not the official shirk, shirk, aduna shirk, all right? A shirk under the real shirk. And that is a big problem. That is a big problem in people's iman. Okay? This is the worship of other than Allah Azza wa And we say to this person, what do we say? You're a Muslim, you're a mu'min as well, but your iman is incomplete. Okay? How many of you have heard the hadith, La yu'minu ahadukum hatta? There are many hadiths that begin with the saying, You don't believe until. Let's say, for example, you love for your brother what you love for yourself. Let's say, I don't do that, so I'm not a mu'min? No, you're a mu'min. What the Prophet said it means by that is your iman is incomplete. You have iman. This is, there's water in this cup, right? But it's not complete. It's not full all the way up. All right? Or this sheet is white, but no, there's some dots here. There are some stains. So yes, you are a mu'min, but it's not complete. 
Likewise, the one who obeys other than Allah Azza wa Jalla. In exception to Allah, yeah, he's a mu'min, but he's not complete. What is the hypocrite? The hypocrite is someone who says with his tongue something, but believes otherwise. This is major hypocrisy. Major hypocrisy is he says with his tongue what he believes otherwise. Minor hypocrisy, he says with his tongue and he does otherwise. There's a big difference in the two hypocrisies. There's a big difference. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu lima taquluna ma la taf'alun. Oh you who believe, why do you say what you don't do? So if your your speech and your actions don't mix or don't meet and aren't parallel, it's minor hypocrisy. And it's a major sin, right? But you're still a moment. But in Surah Al-Baqarah, the hypocrisy of the kuffar of Surah Al-Baqarah, right? That means they say La ilaha illallah with the Muslims, but when they go with their other people, they say, oh, don't worry about them. I'm just, I'm just humoring them. Right? I'm with you guys. When he does that, that is the hypocrisy that is major hypocrisy that earns a person the lowest of the hellfire. Why? His words don't match his heart. There's a big difference. So many good people, right? So many good people. Have you ever seen someone, Yanni, give you great advice? Like an old, like an old uncle or old grandfather gives great advice. Then it dawns on you, he's a failure in life. Great marriage advice. Your wife hates you. Great work advice. Great career advice. You're a failure. Why is that? That's just his words don't match his actions. And we say that's just in, in religion. It's a, it's a major sin. In life, it's not a problem. Yeah, someone says, son, don't smoke. And he's smoking. That's meaninglessness, right? Doctors, right? Doctor of the lungs, and he's smoking, okay? That's just meaning. But in religion, yeah, and he's telling people to make some, you know, do this, do that. Don't do riba. And then I'm on the side, you know, I'm involved in all riba. And I'm not making repentance from it. I'm doing it on purpose, right? That's the hypocrisy of action. And there's hypocrisy of belief, which is the killer, okay, the hypocrisy of belief. Culture is telling you to do things. And unfortunately, the young youth, the girls, right, the boys, they're under a lot of peer pressure, under a lot of peer pressure, okay? And people are getting to our kids and to ourselves without us realizing it. They're getting to us through music, through movies, through games, they're getting to us. And they're dictating to us what to believe about the world. And that's a big problem, okay? That's a huge problem, we have to fight it. And we have to fight it head on, not subtly, no. Aqidah, beliefs, and actions, fit sharia, has to be explicit. The arts can be implicit, right? Spirituality can be subtle and implicit. But things like evolution, Things like secularism, things like nakedness, things like going to concerts, joining sororities, fraternities, going clubbing, things you have to take these head on and we have to tell the youth. Young people, if you've reached bulugh, okay, what is bulugh? If you've had a wet dream, 
or women, if you've had your period, you are an adult now. Allah is writing, sending that second angel down now. Your left shoulder was empty. And as soon as for a boy, the semen comes out of him. Immediately, Allah, immediately, that angel comes down and his name is Atid and he is writing down the bad deeds that you do. If you don't believe in this, maybe you don't believe in Allah. That's why I asked earlier, does anyone here not believe in Allah? Okay. If you don't believe that, then you don't believe in Allah. Then we have to go back to square one. That's why there's no point in the whole talk if we haven't passed square one. Do you believe in Allah and are you ready to worship him alone and nobody else? Because if the answer is no, then you have to be honest with yourself. And you have to ask this question. Okay? And yaqeen, certainty, begins when you hit these crossroads. Then I have to ask myself, do I believe in this? Because I, don't, I have to take action. But once we believe in Allah, now we live by Him, His rules, and His life, and Allah's promises. And we live by His power as well. Once you believe in Allah, you don't have any fear. You shouldn't have any fear. If you have fear of the creation, you should make a step out of that. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Allahumma habib ilayna al-iman wa zayinu fi qulubina. Ukarri ilayna al-kufra wa fuzuqa wa nasyan. Allahumma nek afuun kareem wa jahibu al-abu al-abu anna. Ya muqallib al-kulub, thabit kuluban ala dini kutatik. Ya muqallib al-kulub, thabit kuluban ala dini kutatik. Ya muqallib al-kulub, thabit kulubana ala dini kutatik ila yawmin al-qaq wa yawmin mamat. Subhan rabbika rabbil izzati amma yusifun. سلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين